When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rich, it has been a very long time. It is good to see you again, sir. Thank you. Same here, Joel. Uh, what have you done since... Like, I haven't even had this conversation with you. Take me back to March, because you wow. guys are rocking and rolling. Wow, yeah. Uh, it was surreal, certainly in March for all of us, uh, when our season was, um, you know, ended abruptly um, as the whole nation kind of shut down uh, under this COVID uh, virus. And anyway, um, it, was a, it was a strange time for sure, Um we had so much promise with the season. We had so many good players, a veteran team from a, that had finished second, 20-5 and five record. Big expectations and a great group of guys. And then all of a sudden, just like that, it was done. Then we um, moved to Zooms. So <laughs> we got a taste of Zoom. And boy, did we ever get a taste of it. And we made the most out of uh, you know what we were allowed to do. Um, we were fortunate to have about 14 different speakers uh, be part of our successful speaker series. Many former players who've had great careers, some of my former even Michigan players. Um, so um, people who could add value to our, our ball club. Uh, then we were able by the NCA to um, have, um, we kind of had instructional meetings okay. by positions. And we did that for a period of time. Uh, during that time, the guys were given um, different weight programs that we were allowed to do. Um, some had some equipment at home, others had nothing. And Bill Zenizek, our strength trainer, did a great job in, you know, giving them some guidance on some things they could do if they were able. Um, and then we waited through. Um, some of the boys were able to play in the summer. Um, a lot of the boys weren't able to play in the summer. Many of their leagues were canceled. Um, so it was really kind of a hodgepodge type of deal but we certainly tried to keep the guys engaged we talked to the guys uh every week a few different times a week um through these meetings um to keep in touch keep everybody's uh let's say uh, sanity uh <laughs> because we're all i mean the players if you think about them um to have their season end abruptly it's hard and some of the guys we had nine seniors uh four of which did not return for this year who's gone uh, Pac Meyer's gone, uh, Noah Powell's gone, Tim Blankenberger's gone, and I'm missing somebody. 
I'm not. <laughs> That's what I put you on the spot. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> anyway, so we got five of them back. We got Aaron Simpson back. We got Chase Sebi back. We got Luke Jacksick back. We got Ross Messina back. And again, uh, Johnny Baker. <laughs> so, that's a big one. Yeah. yeah, that's a big one. So anyway, it's been a it's a curious time for all of us uh, in college athletics. Period. Uh, but we're finally we're able to practice with our team now. Uh, meaning um, we have individuals going on. We've been doing strength training for a couple weeks now, uh, and I can't tell you how exciting it was when first of all we were just allowed to strength train. That first moment with the guys together doing even though it was physical baseball related physical activity was just amazing and then when i got the text from beth a week after that on a early wednesday morning i think it was that we could start doing individuals with the guys that were cleared yeah oh my gosh when we got out to the field again to pitch banning pranks for the guys to get ground balls and to hit boy i gotta tell you the the emotional um encouragement like the adrenaline just to be out there together was um just amazing it is amazing and everybody was so happy i mean because it's been a hard time for every the whole country i mean come on but um anyway it was nice to be with the guys again i want to talk to you about what has happened over the last couple of uh weeks and months uh first off what's going on with your tigers how do you feel well vastly improved yeah um but a long way to go better than your lions oh my gosh you had to bring that, is that up. too soon it's it's painful <laughs> <laughs> it's painful being a Lions fan, and I mean, I'm telling you, it's as painful. That's painful. <laughs> What's watching this major league season, though, been like for you? Um, obviously, you saw a little bit of him last year. Um, Zach Plezak made his big league debut a mm-hmm. year ago. He's had an interesting year this year, but when he's been on the mound, oh. he's one of the best pitchers in baseball, and that's crazy to think about. Yeah, when he's in between the lines, he's always been outstanding. I mean, he's a very gifted young man, and... Um, the amount of talent and then moxie that he has in between the lines is amazing. It it truly is. He's a freak athlete. He's very gifted. And, uh, hey, when he's out there, he's he knows how to win. He knows how to pitch. Um, so, Do you ever I mean, see a guy walk four people in, in eight starts? Uh, no. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's not much that he can't do athletically. Yeah. Truly. What's, uh, what's up with Dre right now? Because everybody talks about, the major league season and how that's been impacted. The minor leagues didn't have a season. So here's this guy who's a first-round pick. His his work is very limited last year because the kid gloves that you get treated with in that situation, and then you kind of figure full full go unleashed here in 2020. Uh, I know he's around Indiana. What's he been doing to, to keep himself in yeah, it's Yeah, it's been tough because he worked so hard and was ready to go. And he was, he's close. Like, he's one of those kids that it shouldn't take a long time for him to make it, providing he gets to progress. And felt like he had a good spring. Oh, he's all the way around. I mean, he's just close because his stuff grades out and he knows how to throw strikes. He's And he's fierce competitor. I mean, he's got a lot going for him. But then, uh, unfortunately, um, he was in a situation where he got a... a you know, COVID test or whatever, and he wasn't allowed to be in the 60-man. And uh, that was costly. It was costly. So he didn't get the chance to be with the team because he would have been. Um, and so, you know, there's moments like that that just happen. And so anyway, he's now he's uh, working out. He's, he's going to be great when he gets out there. Uh, I just feel for him because – and I feel for all the minors. Alex Call wasn't able to go because right. the minor leagues were shut down. 
really hurts a guy like Alex Callmore because he's he's at that point in his career where he needs to take that next step. Right. And wasn't able to do that, and he had worked so hard. I He's back actually uh, in the area, and I was able to uh, have lunch with him last week. Uh, he looks great, feels great. He just needs to play. And so, uh, and then Kyle Nicholas, of course, um, you know, being a second-round pick, it really cost Kyle because Kyle, I think, would have been a first-rounder. I truly believe that. Because he would have had a full season to play. He just, he was one of those guys that because he didn't have the track record yet, but he had all the skill set. Yeah. He had a top 10 skill set in the whole draft. So there's no doubt about that. Every guy would tell you that. It's just a matter of him performing, and he was starting to perform. What's he done? Had they gotten him to Jupiter and done anything? No. He's just had to hang out up here. Same thing. So, you know, I feel for for those guys. Uh, But at least him and Dre are in the beginning of their careers. It's harder for the guy like uh, Alex Call. It really is because the t- clock's ticking. Right. The time clock, the age clock, um, so it makes it more of a challenge. This would have been a big year for him, too, to be able to turn some heads, hopefully, at A, get himself up to, to Columbus and see if he could do anything from that point forward. For sure. For um, sure. You obviously, what, what, no other way to say it, like what sucks for you as a coach and a program is you invest so much, and it's great that Kyle individually is a second-round pick and will go on and uh, most likely do great things in the Marlins organization and beyond, but you never got to reap the full potential of what he could have been for this program. That's the unfortunate side of that because of the cancellation of this season. Uh, the the weird, like, twisted benefit of all of this, though, is you're now going to get a ninth year of John Baker uh, in this program. <laughs> you, you never expected he'd be pitching for you in no. 2021, did you? Well, no, no, no. And, I, and first of all, I would say for not only from a coach's standpoint, you know, when you lose a star player, you have a star player like Kyle Nicholas, and you don't get to reap the fruits of hard work, both from the coaches and the players, and, and for him, see him develop. To, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. For and then for the players, though. So let's remember that those guys wanted to win a championship, right. and they had a chance to, you know, contend for a title, and uh, now they, you know, they didn't get to do that. So it's hard on all parties. Uh, as far as John Baker goes, <laughs> who would have ever thunk with? <laughs> unproper English, <laughs> that John Baker would be back at Ball State again. And, uh, I mean, truly one of the greats. Um, after this season, he'll uh, he'll amass many of the records, uh, I'm sure. Um, he did u- u- utilize the summer well. He's in great shape. He's more mature, both physically and mentally. I mean... He's one of the best pitchers in this league, without question. Uh, and he's got a lot to prove still, so which is exciting from our end. Uh, but, yeah, I would have never <laughs> expected to have someone like that back. He is head coach Rich Maloney of the Ball State Baseball Program joining us here Monday night with the Red and White live at McAllister's Deli here on McGalliard. Uh, what is his ceiling this year, um, both for you and he also has a lot to prove. Um, he's a guy that was drafted, came back to school. Obviously, the draft gets shortened. He doesn't get drafted. Uh, he wants to turn some eyes at a, at another level also. Well, there's no question about that. Johnny's very competitive, uh, and he's been, I would say, overlooked. And that's bothersome to him. He's got something to prove. Yeah. Uh, but he's been doing it year in and year out. And I think if he puts together another season like he's done, um, you know, then then hopefully that'll be enough to give him a shot. I mean, I cannot believe he wouldn't be given a shot if you consistently do what he's done yeah. uh, year in and year out, put up numbers, then go to the Cape Cod League and tear that up when he was there. 
Um, you couldn't ask for much more. Um, so I'm uh, I'm optimistic that he's going to have another banner year and lead this team, um, hopefully to great heights, and um, you know get his opportunity. Rich Maloney joins us, Ball State baseball coach. You've been around the block for a long time, though, so I want to pick your brain about uh, larger-scale issues in the sport of baseball. And We talked about the impacts on the minor leagues this year in particular uh, with guys not getting the opportunity to play. There's a lot of talk about what the minor leagues might look like going forward in addition to that, and that might be a lot more guys getting a lot less opportunities with teams getting cut down, and I think it's potentially as many as 40 teams going away uh, what's your thought on the changes that we might see to the sport at the professional level from a guy that coaches kids that want that opportunity and a guy that uh, utilized a lot of those opportunities in your own career? Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting time for sure. Uh, I think the one of the reasons that Major League Baseball is able to do that is say, the improvement in college baseball. Mm. So college baseball has become the great feeder system now. Mm. And so more of the kids are being drafted out of college than they are out of high school when that wasn't always the case. And now it's fairly significant. Uh, I'm not sure what the number is, but I know that they're looking towards that more of an immediate return than um, the project of having a high school kid go through the system. So with that being said, it puts more value on college baseball. It's almost better for you then. Uh, oh, well, in a lot of ways it is. And the other thing is with the shortened draft, I think more kids are going to stay longer in college unless they're that high pick. Um, so um, I think it's kind of an oxymoron. I think it's we'll see how it plays out. But I do think it adds credibility to colleges uh, and uh, especially those who develop players, uh, which has to be and continue to be any mid-major uh, college has to do uh, – if they want to compete at the highest level, they have to do that well. Um, and that's kind of been, I guess, if there's one thing we could say about our program is, uh, you know, we've been fortunate to be able to see some kids really grow in the program and get opportunities. Um, and um, hopefully we can uh, continue to that. I think we've got some good, really good young players that are going to have a chance to continue our, our great tradition. So um, I'm excited about that. It's just a shame for all of us that like to see the Zooper stars. Uh, it takes away takes away those opportunities yeah yeah and you, you know um in the the thing with the in in those minor leagues um it wasn't like that when you played though it was a no, different kind of animal it really was it, it, it was it was different but uh times change yeah and and things happen and uh you know this is a business We've got to remember at the major league level it's it's truly a business i mean the mets get sold for what 2.6 or mm. something a uh, billion yeah with a b with a b yeah that's a lot of Jack. <laughs> and then they got Todd Frazier pitching for him. <laughs> hey, you can't win every night. Um, you played a lot in Durham. In your, how many years did you play in Durham? Actually, a dubious distinction of playing two and a half years. That's not a good thing, Joel. <laughs> Joel, that means that you weren't good enough. <laughs> but anyway, it was a great place to play, though. How did that, when did that, how, did, how does that relate time-wise to the movie? Yeah, oh, I was uh, amidst it, uh, meaning that... When I got called up to um, Durham, I was in the Sally League at Sumter, South Carolina, and then I had the opportunity to go to Durham for the last 20 games of the season. And um, Brian Snicker, matter of fact, was my manager. Oh, wow. And um, who's now the Braves manager. And anyway, they were filming the film after that season. Okay. So several of my teammates, we were all asked if we wanted to be fillers. After the long season, 
I wanted to go back to Michigan <laughs> you, and be with family. Do you regret that decision? I tell you what, <laughs> let me tell you, if we would have known that this would have been what it turned out to be, I probably should have been a filler. But uh, nevertheless. Those 50-cent royalty checks would have been really yeah, good. Yeah, a couple of my uh, teammates, actually one of them got a really big silent part <laughs> where he pitched against Crash Davis. Oh, cool. And uh, Kevin Costner, of course, and... Um, Gave him a look, like walked towards him and stuff. Gave him a look, but it was no speaking part. But it it, it was truly uh, Jeff Green who played at the University of Toledo. What was uh, is the is the aura around the Durham Bulls? What it like? Is it was it what it seems like now, or or did the movie make it play up in popular culture? Oh, I tell you what, no, 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 no. There was a there was an aura, and at the time in minor league baseball, they weren't drawing like Durham did. Durham was the special of, like, the cream of the cream for where you played and draw attendance. They, uh, Miles Wolf, who ended up being the owner of Baseball America, sold it and then also sold the uh, uh, Durham Bulls. But at that time, he was ingenious. And what they were doing at Durham ended up being what you saw advance years later to all these other places right. and cities. But Durham was the microcosm it was the place the hub and so we were playing in front of seven eight thousand people That's and it was a unbelievable atmosphere to play in and it was every night it was the same and uh so everybody would have wanted to play for the durham bulls um and on top of that i played with some great great players who went on to big leagues and stars and so that was kind of a it was just a cool cool thing cool experience best guy on your team well, we had we had so many good guys. I played with Ryan Klesko. He had 200 homers in the big leagues. Oh, yeah. I played with um, Steve Avery, who was one of the main guys, but he only lasted not not quite as long as some of the others. Uh, Mark Wollers uh, okay. was the closer of the World Series team. Uh, Mark Lemke played eight years in the big leagues and was part of the World Series I team. I saw him pitch as a knuckleballer uh, in the independent <laughs> Mark, leagues. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it's just a slew of them. And then, of course, Grady Little. Ended up managing the uh, Red Sox and the Dodgers, was one of my managers, and then Brian Snicker, of course. Um, but there's just numerous guys that um, I ended up having the privilege of playing with. Who'd man. you face? Like You you faced uh, Randy Johnson, yeah, right? Is yeah, that- yeah, yeah, I did. I did. And I faced Kurt Schilling. And I actually played an all-star game in the Sally League with uh, Sammy Sosa and Kurt Schilling, a bunch of the guys. <laughs> of course, they went to made it, and I had the privilege of being a coach, but <laughs> they made the big league. <laughs> I mean, at, that, at that point in time, though, you're like, this is... You'll get a kick out of this. So yeah. my brother texted me today, and he says, hey, didn't you play with this? Uh, didn't you play against this guy in the minors when he, you know, he came to watch me? His name was Frank Thomas. <laughs> and the interesting story on that was... Uh, the one game I played at first base, I don't know if it was just one, but I didn't play first. I was utility player at that time of my career on my way out. And Frank Thomas was the up-and-coming superstar. And here Frank Thomas was, I was on first base holding uh, as the first baseman, and here come Frank Thomas. He's there in this mountain of a man, and I was really, really thin then. Uh, it was amazing, but my brother pointed that out to me today. You got pictures? Uh, actually, he sent. Well, he sent. Oh, do I have pictures back then? No, no, like, no. But my, I tell you what, I do have. I still do have a Durham Bowl uniform. So they sold the uniforms. Check this out for ten bucks. I should have bought them all. <laughs> Not today. I got, I got one set of ten dollar. Uh, the older. I looked at it the other day. Matter of fact. So I do own the original, the one that was in the movie. I have my own uniform that they used that's wild uh, yeah that is kind of wild that's really cool um rich good to talk with you again good to good to uh 
kick some dirt a little bit and uh, yeah. looking forward to I missed all of baseball season last year, so looking forward to baseball season yeah. come this spring. Well, I really appreciate you having me, Joel. It's always a pleasure.